Hello, welcome to episode one of Get Curious. Um, My name is Ashlyn and this is my first podcast episode and I've been wanting to do this for such a long time and if you know anything about like self-development and emotional awareness, then you know um, sometimes you can have an addiction to chaos and an addiction to um, putting things off. And I know it's ADHD as well. I am unmedicated for that, but it is also just resistance and resisting to do things that you know um are really good for you so that's where I'm at right now literally I am sitting on my bathroom floor with the door shut and my four-year-old son is yelling for me right now but he's he's outside the door on the tablet because I'm like I cannot put this off anymore I cannot keep Shoving myself under the rug, essentially, is what it feels like. So, here we go. Episode one of Get Curious. So, the title of my first episode is Mommy Has Mug Shots. So, I'm going to go over a few things that have happened in the past couple years. And if you know me in real life, then you know a little bit about what... I'm going to dive into, but you probably don't know all the ins and outs and details. So, um, mommy has mug shots. Let's do it. So, how I ended up <clears throat> going from essentially like in high school, I was on prom court my junior year. I was a cheerleader. I was very much a preppy girl, not a mean girl. I was very nice and I was friends with everyone, but I was very preppy. Like I didn't like my dad dropping me off in certain vehicles because it would embarrass me. But now I'm like, if you got four wheels, then you are blessed, 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 blessed. So, um, how I ended up going from that preppy girl in high school to a full-blown heroin addict. Um, For me, I feel like it started a lot with um, some things that I went through in my childhood, but in adulthood, if you flash forward to um, when I was 17, I found out I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, Delaney. So, I ended up having her when I was 18, and I didn't get to walk at my um, senior graduation because I was on bed rest. But, I mean, if you've had a child in high school, then you already know the feeling that I'm talking about right now. Um, You feel like you've already failed and let down everyone around you. Really... They shouldn't make you feel that way because you've got a lot of fucking shit on your shoulders and you are pushing through and doing the very best that you can and everyone around you is having sex and you're the one who gets pregnant. So, yep, that was me. I got pregnant at 17, had my daughter Delaney when I was 18 and um, the process 
of me getting to be a full heroin addict, there's so many different, like, levels to it. It happened really, really quick, you know? Um, the feeling when you zone out, do you know the feeling when you zone out when you're driving and then you, like, arrive at your destination and you're like, oh my gosh, well, how did I get here? What happened? How did I drive all the way here? I don't remember it. Where was I? That is what it's like being a drug addict. Um, you're doing anything, you're in a cycle to not repeat the pain or not feel the pain, rather. You're in a cycle to not feel the pain. So you um, you keep repeating bad decisions and hurting yourself in attempts to numb it out. So, yeah, it's uh, one day you're, you know, having fun, taking pain pills, and you're in a group of people, and they're taking the pain pills too. Like, y'all may have even went and got them together and it was like what you guys the whole group was gonna do on a Friday Saturday on whatever night you know take some pain pills and when you know at first they may be coming from like a bottle prescribed to you and then the next thing you know you're snorting heroin because it's it's cheaper than the pills and it's easier to find on the streets okay and then before you know it you are you're using it intravenously because everyone around you is if you haven't already switched friend groups then I guarantee you somebody in your group that was buying the non-prescribed to them pain pills um they're using it intravenously now and they're okay and they're that's where they're going. Um, and I'm not pushing blame onto anybody that drug addicts are around when they're in active abuse. But if you're somebody that's coming from intense childhood trauma, emotional neglect, having no emotional awareness and living in survival mode for years and years, um, misery loves company. So you're going to you know, act like who you're, who you're with. If you hang around five people that are smoking cigarettes, you will probably become this, uh, you know, the sixth smoker. Okay. Um, yeah, having no emotional awareness got me to become a full blown heroin addict, not learning that as a child, not learning emotional regulation, how to feel my emotions when they come up. Um, For me, also coming from a broken home when I was a kid, you know, my mom and dad split when I was 12 years old. My dad was no angel by any means. And my mom started a relationship with a 16-year-old boy from the trailer park next door to our neighborhood. So I guess that you could say I became familiar with chaos. And I'm 31 years old, just turned 31 two months ago. 
and I'm still coming to terms with I have children of my own I, I was a I'm teen mom like I said I am a teen teen mom so I've already overcame so many statistics just by being in her life right now um but yeah I'm still digesting what's going on and what happened to me as a child because I am so spiritual and I did leave my body a lot as a child oh I I haven't even thrown it in here that I'm a psychic medium an evidence-based medium and I I can talk to dead people I see messages from spirits and from people that have passed away and it has been a guiding light for me um but we'll come back to that later um just to explain a little bit about my childhood and how I was able to like live in this fantasy world as a child and I I visualized so much as a child and played with toys so so much and I even remember people in my family commenting on how great of an imagination I had and also I was just a scared little girl I was probably seeing so so much stuff but so back to heroin and my addiction and overcoming it so 2013 that was the year that my friend Monique and I we decided that we were gonna get um breast implant surgery and I was working full-time at a condo on the beach I was only 21 years old and I had built up a really tough shell around me so I didn't have to feel my emotions and I was you know smoking weed a lot at that point maybe drinking a little bit but I was just an asshole really I was not a nice person I had turned into not so nice and I didn't really I remember being like catty and I never used to really be um that I was in a lot of pain and I was bitter I don't even want to use the word catty because that sounds so immature and the level of generational trauma and pain that I am healing and working through like I don't want to degenerate it to a word like that um but yeah I didn't know how to feel my emotions so I wanted the implant so bad and it was a I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it no matter what anyone else says like I had family members recommending to me and telling me how young my body I was how young my body was and not to do it and also just you know taking care of yourself and that they may or may not be harmful to you but I didn't care I wanted it and um I'm a rebel at heart so the fact that others were telling me like you're too young to get it you shouldn't get it um that motivated me like even more I had it done within like two months it was um looking back I was probably pretty manic or who knows I was me and that girl got me here um I really judge myself a lot it's difficult for me to be in the moment because I'm always thinking like what did I just say what did that mean I I try to attach to what I say too much when you really 
words fail, emotions, world words. As I'm trying to tell you that words fail, I literally failed with my words. So there you go. Energy doesn't lie, but words will fail us. So yes, the power of the tongue is super, super powerful and important, but also words fail sometimes. So looking back, I really cringe at this area of my life, like this time frame, but that's just a part of healing and a part of taking the hand that you've been dealt and moving forward. You know, that's growth. It was so easy back then to suppress my emotions with buying designer purses, getting implants, getting my nail, getting my nails done, getting all these things exterior. Like it was so easy for me to suppress my emotions and then it became to a point where obviously like I was masking my pain with IV heroin use, you know? How much pain? No wonder it's taken me so long to like digest this and make this podcast because I've been wanting to publish, post, record, whatever this podcast since 2021. So for two years now. um, But I'm grateful that it is where it's at now. And I can't, um, I can't look back with anything but gratitude and growth because I wasn't ready then. And here I am now sitting on the bathroom floor with my notebook and I've got the caffeine jitters. Like I'm shaking right now. I'm so scared, but I heard a voice right before I went to grab my phone to record this first episode. And it was like, you know, you got to do it even if your voice is squeaking or no it's it's that quote oh god here I go but it's that it's a quote that's like speak your truth even if your voice shakes and when I tell you the times in my life that I have had to speak up with my voice shaking and with teary eyes and with feeling that emotion right in my throat and like I've still spoken up and I've survived. So there you go. I'm I'm going to survive. Um, but yeah, so the pain pill started in 2013 and then snorting and it happened. It was after my breast implant surgery. That's why I shared that story is because I was prescribed the Percocets. Okay. And I got like two or three refills and... After they were gone, I started snorting heroin because I I wanted, I kept chasing the cycle. You know, it's instant gratification. It's a completion process. And yeah, so I was unfortunately snorting heroin. And then I had heard that a friend of mine, um, he had started going to the methadone clinic to try and get clean. Like we hit him up one day and he was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to the clinic. I'm not doing that. And a light bulb went off in my head. My addicted, sick, trauma brain, like I was just a mouse on a mouse loop or whatever the heck, on those little mouse wheels, like just, and something 
made me perk up when I heard the methadone clinic and I was just like, oh my God, like there's, there might be a different way. Like I can, I can fix this. I can do something about this. So I start going to the methadone clinic and I was going really regularly. Um, they offered counseling there. It was $15 a day. You have to go really early in the morning and then you're done. So you really have to get used to the highs and the lows of um, chasing the drug because once you get it, you're good for the day and that's all, all you're not supposed to do anything else. Um, so that was doing very, very well for me. I actually... <clears throat> Yeah, I did very well and at the methadone clinic for probably about six, seven, eight months. Um, and wow, this is so traumatizing to talk about, but I've got to get it out. Um, I had such big dreams and I wanted to be a good person so bad that, you know, my mom was a nurse. So I thought, I'll go to nursing school. I'll do that. So... I took the NCLEX exam and I passed it. I was withdrawing from heroin, but I had, you know, gotten an Adderall and taken it. So I passed the NCLEX exam and I I used um, fake urine. I used fake urine in order to pass the um, pass the drug test to get into the nursing program so now I'm in the nursing program and I'm so excited but I'm still addicted to snorting heroin and snorting pills and stuff so that's when I heard about the methadone clinic I'm backtracking a little bit and bear with me um it's because I'm reliving it when I talk about it because I am such an empathetic and like open-hearted person that I literally my body is refeeling this. This is therapeutic and um so that's why if I backtrack or like repeat myself that that's why. Um So I remember it being like 2 or 3 weeks before the nursing program started. This was in 2014, 2000, like maybe the beginning of 2015. But I remember being like, okay, I just need to go to the clinic and then I'll be good. I can do nursing school. And I did nursing school for two semesters. And I, I know that I didn't complete the third semester at all. Like, y'all, I was just not there. Like, I was hanging on by a thread. I don't even know how I passed anatomy and passed all the other classes. Like it was just fate and angels helping me because, uh, your girl was a mess. Like even though, um, I was on methadone for a while and I was doing really good. And I think this is what's um, hard for me to come to terms with is that I failed out of that program. Like even now as I'm telling the story and talking about it and putting words into like, holy shit, that's what happened. I feel a lot of shame and I feel a lot of guilt, but I'm not going to attach myself to them because 
I'm human and I wasn't meant to be a nurse. I'm meant to be what I am now. Um, so class started at 8 a.m. And after a while, I began... So I was going to the clinic for a while and then I saw a friend of mine shooting up heroin and I was just like no way oh my god when did you start doing that like what why didn't you tell me oh I didn't tell you because you're doing so good and you're this and that and I'm like oh okay and then a little while later I I learned in nursing school how to start an IV and I was having so many intrusive thoughts having so much um battling so much and not having any like I was living two lives um, I was getting freaking condemned by some people like, oh my God, I can't believe you're going to the methadone clinic. I can't believe you're doing that. And I wish I could go back in time and be like, fuck you. Like I am literally trying and you call yourself a Christian. How dare you? And back then Christ and God and goddesses and all that, it felt so unobtainable to me because I felt so dirty by everybody that was, you know, religious and into that. Like, they couldn't accept me how they, how I was. No one was accepting me how I was. So, I'm in this cycle of forever trying to change myself and not realizing that it's me that gets to accept me. It's me all along. It's always been me. So, here I am now, 31 years old, And in meditation and in my journaling, I speak back life into the versions of myself that I cannot resonate with now. So now the life I'm living now, like I can't resonate too much with too much of anything that that young girl had going on, like 21 year old me. But I do know one thing, she needed love and she needed acceptance. So... Uh, wow, that's powerful. Like she is me and she just needs to be loved and accepted. And that's what telling my story and integrating everything that has happened to me for the sake of complex PTSD, because there are so many things that happen throughout my day. Mind you, I'm unmedicated for a lot of things because I just believe in health more health and healing more than I believe in dis-ease, disease and things. Um, I think everything has a place and a time. And I think that your body speaks to you through emotions and through, um, through symptoms. Just like spirit speaks to us through signs and symbols and you have to slow down and you have to attune your energy to spirit then you have to attune your energy to your body like what does your childhood self need what does your inner rebel teenage girl need in my case you know um so back to me seeing my friend shooting up and I started shooting up after um I learned that at school because I was just like oh it was selfish as fuck really is what it was because I had family members that were helping me pay for school I had taken out loans and it was really selfish and um 
childish because essentially I was a child after the pain and chaos and the emotional neglect and everything that, you know, happened with my parents' divorce and whatnot, not placing any blame, but, um, it tends to happen a lot when parents get divorced. They're so busy, like pointing the finger at like, you're a bad person. You're about, no, you're a bad person. Like, and the child is sucking up all the energy and being like, oh, I'm a bad person. So letting go of that story, um, I started shooting up heroin after I learned how to start an IV in nursing school and it kept going for a couple months and I just remember class would start at like 8 a.m. and I would go um, in withdrawal in anatomy class and I would be just sweating my stomach would be hurting so bad. I would just be so eager and on edge. And class got out at 11.15. And I mean, immediately, the first thing I did was I went str- I went straight to go use, to go buy it or to get money, which is a whole nother story. A whole nother, um, whoa, um, go buy it after I would pawn something or lie to the lowest degree possible to possibly get money from people that loved me and wanted to help out me, um, help me out. So then I would go use in a parking lot, um, or in a bathroom somewhere, not preferred. Yeah. But I I mean, anywhere really, because at that point I was just withdrawing so bad and it's just like, insanity doing the same thing over and over and over expecting different results and it makes me so emotional because I could have there's so many different ways that my story could have gone ultimately it ended up with me almost going to prison so I can't wait to share more about that oh god y'all life's a trip this is why I have got to say fuck you to the resistance, step out of my comfort zone and show up for myself and show up for my children because the generational trauma and the generational pain runs really deep in my family of people not showing up for themselves. And I'm here to end that because I thoroughly believe in my heart that it is not selfish of me or of any mom or dad, or even just person in general to take that space that you need for yourself. Create space. Make yourself your priority. If you don't, then you're going to be bitter to everyone around you. I mean, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I still notice how I give more than I get in some relationships But I'd rather be aware of it and conscious of it. And maybe one day I'll be able to let go of being a people pleaser completely. But maybe not. I mean, we can never let go of our ego completely. Our ego is there to keep us in check. And we are here to put our egos in check. It it goes both ways, okay? So... That's kind of a lot for me. Um, 
Mommy Has Mug Shots is the title of the podcast episode one because I went to jail for a long amount of time and I was away from my two children for a really long time. I almost went to prison. I um, I'll go into more of that in episode two. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so grateful to have recognized the patterns and cycles and even though I feel like I'm triggered all day long and I'm always in a state of healing and I'm in overdrive and fight or flight a lot, I'm just grateful that I realize it and I can just calm myself down with affirming positive self-talk and with meditation and with visualizing and with just using parenting as the greatest catalyst in spiritual healing and spiritual awakening and just being able to tell my kids, you know, yeah, mommy has mug shots and mommy went through this and this happened and mommy wasn't there, but I'll always be here now. And you can talk to me and come to me about anything. Hmm. Yeah, I share that I have mug shots with my children because mommy is a safe place. <sighs> mommy has gone through some really deep shit and I am still clawing my way out of it. But I'm a safe place now, and I'm not ever going to go anywhere. And with that, um, I'm going to come to a close on my first podcast um, episode, Get Curious. I hope that you found it helpful. I hope that you have questions and I plan to do episode two really soon. You can find me on Facebook. Um, my name is Ashlyn, A-S-H-L-Y-N Martin. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok. My name on there is Medium Ashlyn. And I hope you have a Lovely day. Blessings to you.